This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to visit with Shelby Medina. Shelby is the CEO of Wyndham Area Hospital, Wyndham Area Health. We'll get a chance to visit with her today. Shelby, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yes. Um, again, my name is Shelby Medina. I've been the CEO of Wyndham Area Health for uh, since February of 2016. Uh, prior to that, I spent most of my career uh, working in healthcare um, for larger and smaller hospitals in Iowa. Um, I've spent about 25 plus years in the healthcare industry, most of that in leadership, um, and the majority of that in inpatient care as well. So, uh, lucky to, to be here in, in Wyndham. It's, uh, Wyndham is a is a small community uh, in southwest Minnesota. Uh, grew up in a small community, uh, very much like Wyndham, so I feel very at home here. Um, have a passion for rural health care, uh, so I feel as if uh, um, being the leader here at Wyndham Area Health is just uh, a very comfortable place for me to be. So, so truly an upper Midwestern person yes. and, and magnificent leader in rural health care. Talk to us about Wyndham Area Hospital and tell us about a few points of pride in the hospital. Sure. Um, I, I'll speak about a couple of points of pride in the hospital even prior to uh, COVID hitting, but there's there's some uh, areas even uh, during the COVID that I want to reference as well, too. Uh, as I stated, Wyndham Area Health is a critical access hospital, um, serves a, a good portion of southwest Minnesota. One thing that I have to say coming here is that we have got a, uh, a, a very talented group of a very diverse group of um, medical staff who actually serve uh, Wyndham Area Health. In addition to that, we've been very successful at uh, attracting and retaining um, very talented staff. We've got a great deal of community support uh, for, for the hospital as well, too, and the services that it provides. Um, a couple years ago, we did open a wound center with a hyperbaric chamber. Uh, that, I think, was a, a really positive um, move for the community. Just wound care in itself, I think, is, is a service line that, you know, goes unnoticed and, and is a difficult one to really... Um, to really secure and, and have some good quality care, but to have hyperbaric chambers and, and offer that as well uh, in this in this community is is another asset. Um, we were awarded the Center of Distinction our first year, so what that award really um, signifies is that we met all of our patient quality indicators within our first year of service and hit all of our benchmarkings and succeeded it. So that was a that was a big win um, for our community and for our hospital there as well too. I think one thing that I want to raise up here too that I've noticed is just how much we're in front and involved with our community um, throughout and even before COVID and when COVID hit, uh, we really made an effort to, uh, we're a city owned hospital, so we made an effort to work with our city make sure that they were comfortable and confident that, you know, they had a strong health system here, that they had a, a hospital that had very capable and talented, talented staff, um, that in the event that, you know, we were called to serve and, and um, have to uh, service, you know, patients that, um, you know, might have otherwise went to tertiary hospitals, we had a plan of action for that. Very much stayed out in front of our community uh, to decrease um, a lot of anxiety and fear. Um, and, and my staff and my medical staff really, 
you know, took initiative to get out in front of it. Uh, so that was that was extremely impressive to see because I think that it really created a calm uh, in our area when you know maybe some other communities might not have been experiencing that. And, and talk a little bit about the area that you're in. What are the big health issues you see? Is there a lot of behavioral health issues today? Do you have opioid issues in the area that you're in? Cancer, heart disease. What are the things that you see the most? that are the most prevalent in, in the community that you're in? In our community and what we serve, we do have a large mental health uh, issue um, in the communities that we serve, and we do um, see those in our in our emergency department quite often. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work with our local law enforcement as well as our you know mental health services that we've uh, have access to here to try to um, manage that. Uh, but we do see uh, a pretty significant amount of mental health here. Uh, in addition to that, I would say that um, one of our largest health issues here also is, you know, within, uh, we have an elderly population, obviously, where, you know, rural communities usually do have, you know, a lot of baby boomers. Um, so we do see a lot of uh, cardiac. No, Shelby, 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 yeah. I'll correct you for a second because baby boomers are not elderly. I mean, I find that offensive. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I apologize for that. We do have a lot of baby boomers. I'll just clarify that. Um, young people, young people. Yes, baby you. yes, young baby boomers. We have a lot of young baby boomers with some medical conditions. <laughs> um, so we do see a lot of cardiac disease, you know, typical diabetes. I think one of our social determinants, though, that we do struggle with here that we work very closely with is, you know, because we are very agricultural. So we also have to respect the lifestyles of our um, farmers here who, you know, when they have a crop to put out, you know, they, the last thing they want to do is take the time to, you know, um, seek medical care, um, especially if they have to drive to it. So we try to pay attention also to, you know, what care uh, do do they need and what can we realistically offer here so that we have a better opportunity of servicing them and, and taking them out of their fields the least amount of time. So I would say we have some socioeconomic determinants, too, that we're dealing with. And is is the 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 area the city, is it um still reasonably economic health economically healthy, is the hospital a huge part of the eco and economic system yeah. there? It is actually we've got uh, we're lucky enough to have about three we're the third largest employer uh, within our community but we do have um, you know a pork producing plant we do have Toro here a very large employer we do have a very healthy school system here as well so um, we uh, for a critical access hospital honestly um, we are doing really well I think that uh, there's been some really strategic moves um, that were made from you know previous leadership before I even uh, came here. Uh, that were extremely beneficial. And um, again, we've got a, a very engaged staff um, and medical group uh, that makes it, and, and board actually, to where we're able to make uh, make investments or, or really take a deep look at, um, you know, what we need to serve our community and, and what's the most vital. So um, the hospital is a large uh, economic stimulator within um, within the city. Um, and for, for a critical access hospital, I have to say, you know, we're, we're remaining uh, pretty stable financially at this point. So that's just magnificent Iowa-Minnesota humility when you say we made some great strategic moves that were made before my leadership. And, and, and talk for a moment about leadership, because it, it really is. It's great humility. 
a lot of leaders would do that. A lot of leaders would take the credit and so forth, but you handle that extremely well. Take a moment to talk about, you've had this great leadership career leading to CEO of this hospital, and, and, and what a magnificent career. Talk for a moment about what advice you would give to other leaders. You know, I, I do think that uh, the most important piece um, of advice uh, that really has been successful for me is that you really do have to come to terms with the fact that you're not the most important player um, to be successful or make the organization successful and to really recognize that when your leaders and when your staff experience success, that's really when you're going to see the success come from that. And I, and I guess another uh, piece of advice that I've always lived by is, you know, success to me isn't ever defined as how much you achieve. It's defined as how you handle your disappointments, because that's really truly leadership, because you're not always going to hit the mark. You're not always going to do things right. And I think it's important that you um, take the risk, though. I think you need to put yourself out there. I think you need to be one of those leaders who um, force yourself to step outside the box and really lead by example. Um, I've had a lot of great mentors throughout my career. Um, again, I think that it's, it's about uh, recognizing and building off of um, previous leadership because, you know, there's everyone has things to contribute from there. But I want to say that, you know, you have to embrace your environment. And even in our current situation that we're in and the struggles and the challenges that we face with COVID, you know, I think that every leader that, you know, truly gets into healthcare should expect the fact that you're you're gonna face challenges and 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 you need to be creative and innovative and, and you need to lead by example and you need to understand that you're not the top dog. It's gonna take a team and it, it's it's definitely a team effort and what your role is really is to manage and monitor your industry, try to anticipate where it's going, and then solicit a team to try to build and execute and move everybody in the same direction. Um, you know, that's what's been, that's what's worked for me, I guess, uh, throughout my career. That's what's uh, help, helped uh, me partner with other healthcare uh, organizations to make them successful and communities successful. So, I think, uh, you know, being humble and, and have showing that humility and, and knowing that you're not the only one um, that can make a difference is, is vital. Well, and, and it's so critical because to, to run a great health system, to run a great anything, great, you, you need lots of great people. And, you and if you're not willing to sort of get that, that it's all about putting great people in place, not being necessarily great yourself. If you have one great quality, it's putting great people in place. That's as important as anything. You talked about something else in your leadership discussion. You talked about this idea of being able to deal with disappointment. And, 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 and I think to add on to that is this concept of when your team leaders or your staff or whoever it is has a disappointment or makes a mistake, being willing to support the heck out of them through that mistake, assuming it wasn't a huge ethical lapse or something like that, being willing to show them it's okay. You messed up on this, but you're still a critical part of this team. How important is that type of thinking? That is very important. That's vital in my mind. Because here's, here's again, um, that, that type of when they can trust you, that when, when you're asking them to, to, to step out and make themselves uncomfortable and when you're asking them to be innovative leaders, you also have to support them when, when they do have those failures and you have to be there to help them recognize how to fail fast. 
Okay. You know, you don't, you don't want them to, you want to help them talk through it. Okay. So what worked and what didn't, you know, don't change your entire plan. Maybe you just need to make a little bit of an adjustment. So when you can help them, your role then becomes to help them recognize where it's going wrong quickly and put strategies in place to, to divert or mitigate um, the issues that might occur, the failures that might occur, but it's extremely important. They have to know that they can step out and they can, if it's in good, if it's in good faith, they can step out and you're going to be there to help them work that through. Take a moment on the following question. At what point during your career journey did you at some point come to the realization, I can end up being a CEO someday? Not that a CEO is any more important than a great medical director or a great director of nursing or a great anybody that does anything, does their job fantastically well. But at what point did it dawn on you, I'm going to end up with final responsibility as a CEO of an organization? I think uh, what, how I really looked at that was what position is the next position for me to be able to insert myself in my strengths, to be able to continue to help the environment in a higher level. So each career step that I made was always one to where I was able to insert myself in my skill sets and be able to make a difference at a, at a, at a more global, <clears throat> my footprint could reach farther. So you know, becoming the CEO of the organization really was that step of, um, I love project management. You know, I love seeing how things work together. Um, I, I think one of my strengths really is, is being able to put pieces together and puzzle pieces together and figure out what works with what and where the breaks are. Um, this is a perfect position to be able to, you know, really challenge yourself to be the best leader that you can and contribute the most. Um, you know, next phase of life, you know, with that, now that you're looking at an organization, you know, really would be to how can we now insert her, how can I now insert myself as well into the industry as a whole? How can we impact and influence policy reform? How can we impact and influence um, showing the value of critical access hospitals and rural health care? Um, you know, making sure that we're that we're inserting ourselves and, and taking the active seat and not just waiting for someone to come and ask us. We have to be vocal. We have to work with our state institutions to and our you know associations to get that done. So, you know, I think the the, the next journey for me really would be looking at, you know, how can how can I help Wyndham and 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 this hospital, but rural health as a whole. How can we make sure to keep that out front and center and show that there's there's value to it? And and, and so critical, quite frankly, because without the survival of, of a way of delivering health care to rural communities, it, the rural communities in our country, you know, decelerate even further or die and so forth. And it's a and and wonderful communities. And so just an absolute necessity, however it's delivered and obviously where you've got hospitals in these smaller towns and mid-sized towns it's just so important to the entire economic system in those towns the whole the whole fabric of the society in many towns they become the most important employer or in your case the third most important employer but just critical right. so i, I watch your thoughts on it i'm sorry what was that second question i i, I applaud your thoughts on it i applaud your thoughts oh, and view yeah. of, of moving into a bigger and bigger framework on it one final question. When you look at the next six months to 12 months, what do you view as your top two or three priorities? 
I think our top two or three priorities really is, uh, well, first and foremost, it's, it's going to be to try to anticipate, um, you know, what we what we're going to need to look at depending upon what administration takes takes control. So I think it's that's important um, because depending upon what party does take control is going to determine, you know, really how we navigate um, our next steps. Um, over the next six months, I can tell you in our area, I'm going to be extremely active with working with our uh, Minnesota Hospital Associations to work with our um, insurance payers and as well as our uh, local government as well to, um, you know, work on strategies on rural health and, and um, they're looking for a different model and, and reimbursement model and care delivery model and, and it would be to, you know, work in coordination with them and partner with them to say, hey, you know, we want to be part of your cause. We understand what you want to achieve, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's got to be a win-win for everybody. So um, keeping an eye on that and making sure that we stay very involved in those discussions uh, will probably be our, our top strategy at this point. And um, in addition, you know, just being very, very uh, conservative and watchful for, you know, at any point as well, too, if, um, you know, flu season's coming up. So if if there's any type of, a, you know, impact or an increase in, in our hospitalizations in our in our metro area, making sure that we're up front and center saying, hey, you know, before you decide to, to close our doors, maybe, you know, we do have capabilities to handle some of these patients. So, again, it's really just working with working with our state government to say, hey, we're here, we're ready, and we have the talent to be able to uh, assist in this crisis as well, too. Well, you're having a magnificent leadership career. We, we love what you're telling us about Wyndham Area Health and the hospital. I, I want to thank you, Shelby, so much for joining us on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast today. Just fantastic. Thank you very and thank, much. And thank you as well, too. I really, uh, Becker's uh, provides a lot of good, great, useful information and really puts a broad networking out for all of us, which is helpful in the industry as a whole. So thank you, too.